If you're looking for a clean, sober, professional, academic, well-researched, historically accurate, generally accurate, serious podcast on Southern folklore, ghosts, bizarre events, and unique people, this podcast is not for you. However, if you've decided you can live with that, then join us for The Strange South. Hi, Patrice. I'm Orlea. Hi, Courtney. Hey, Courtney. Hi. Hi. Yay. 2021. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Here's to a good year. Here's to a good Uh, year. Yes. We did Zoom. We did Zoom Tarot this afternoon, and everyone that was on Zoom Tarot got a positive, some sort of positive, some sort of right re. We, um, yeah, definitely. Sorry. I don't know the word I was trying Especially to Especially Patrice. I she did. She got the most positive of all the positives. I, oh, Courtney was the man. Like, Courtney kicked ass, too, in her rating. Yeah. That was the king and the emperor. The king, and the, king emperor. and the emperor. At work. <laughs> at work. Well, same here. I mean, I was very original and just did the same as Courtney. It's like, you know, what's the future of work? And um, I'm always bad at thinking of specific questions. It's just, it's just like, I don't, I don't know. Just tell me, just tell me to just, be happy. Just tell me, just, just tell me cards. Nice to me. Just, just yeah. lay it on out. <laughs> but yeah, I think we all did have really good readings. I, I was thinking about like, I have the Crow Tarot set and it's pretty like, it seems to be kind of slanted towards people looking for like love and relationships and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And those aren't the questions that I'm really asking about. No. <laughs> Maybe I should, but I'm not. And so some of it, you have to, the answers they give, you have to kind of try to figure out. It's like, is it love and relationship with myself? Is that what we're talking about here? Mm, Maybe. Maybe. I'm starting to think that it's worth having more cards just in general because they're so different. In yeah, the they were all different. All the cards, uh, some gins were very long. Like They were very long. I mean, were very long. And some details. of the sentences, too, were confused me. It's like I wanted to interrupt and go, hold on, can we like talk about that sentence you just said? Um, <laughs> because it was like two ideas smushed into anyway. Anyway, yes. So very different. Um, but I like them all. And I, I love yours. I love how positive yours. I think I need to have like kind of a more crunchy, like positive uh, tarot and then have my crow tarot and then um, I like the idea of having like oracle cards as well. Yeah. Well, oh you guys God. all do your tarot. You should do your tarot for the new year if you haven't already. And yes. see, see what you get. Let see. us know what you get. Absolutely. And um, how, how we do it is we think of just a question in general. Um, it could be like specific or vague and pull three cards and it's past, present and future. And then we read the bottom card as kind of an overall um, deal and I think this is the first tarot that we actually that I've been in with y'all where we actually pulled the devil card which yeah really, and we pulled it twice and we pulled it twice and both <laughs> in like sitting right <laughs> I had it right decks. set up and inverted right um which honestly I'm surprised we haven't pulled it <laughs> earlier <laughs> 
I know. I've pulled everything else though. <laughs> pulled so the that was exciting. Hanged. I always pull the hangman. Mm-hmm. But um yeah, I use the um the wild it's the wild unknown is what I said it was, right? Uh, mm-hmm. tarot. And it's so gorgeous and uh definitely worth a look because it it's got it's it doesn't let anything be 100% negative. It's all right. about like challenges and opportunities instead of positive and negative. Instead of like so burying you under the a rock. Really cool way to look at it. <laughs> yeah. <Yes>. But <laughs> I feel like sometimes mine, I feel like sometimes this crow deck I have kind of buries you under the rock a little bit. I'm like, I'm sorry. I know it seems bad. <laughs> all the swords get pulled. I'm going to send the crows to peck out your eyes. And the, yeah. <laughs> crows are not eternal, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Um, oh, but talk about that place in Birmingham with the tarot cards that you wanted to give props yeah, to. Yeah, it's the um, the Golden Temple, right? The um, It's a, a natural food store and cafe and, um, I don't know, holistic, whatever. I, I mean, it's, it's not a head shop, but it's right across the street in Five Points from um, uh, Surin, and what Jim and Nick's right, Courtney? Jim and Nick's barbecue, yeah. And um, and it's just really, I mean, it's jam-packed full of stuff, but they have a whole section just of tarot cards. And um, it's I mean, they've got a bunch of other stuff too. They've got like hippie clothes and yoga pants. Well, like yogi pants, not right. like Fabletics yoga pants, but like the wide-legged, you know, right sort. Right. And uh they got uh, just all kinds of stuff like whole spices and um in, and the cafe has all vegan vegetarian food they have so, like sage yeah, for smudging the house and stuff yes and absolutely they've got crystals they've got like ringing bowls um they've got incense and everything that you could think of they've a little witchy that heart runs that desire, line right oh exactly yeah my <laughs> daughter was in heaven there <laughs> so it sounds like a great place for like a teenage girl to just be like exactly oh. yeah oh man so yeah that's definitely worth a look if you're ever in birmingham it's it's a neat and then you could eat at surin because surin's delicious but um yeah or there at the golden temple or eat at the golden temple which i've never which gotten we haven't to done do. yet yeah so anyway yeah that's good stuff yeah and everybody oh. smudged their house. Yes. Yep. Which is the first for me. Got the kids oh, involved. I got I my kid that. involved. And he was really good at it. We took a magnolia leaf and used it as a fan. So he would like fan mm-hmm. the smoke into the corners and stuff. And then I salted the corners of each room. And we just basically just like go away 2020. <laughs> good vibes only. Go away negative. And he was like really into it. So cool. we did the whole house. It took about, it, it took a while because we were very thorough. <laughs> <laughs> house. You have the whole basement area. We, we did, uh, we did the, the pod basement and um, yeah, and everything. So everything is ready for your ladies to come back. Oh, soon. Tell I him know. what yeah, he said someday. about the basement though. Oh, okay. So <laughs> 
my son, we were in the basement and I was like, you know, we have to like make sure we get the dark corners and get all the, you know, just release the dark energies from the past out. And he was like, mom, he's like, we really don't need to do the pod basement. He's like, cause there's no bad or negative energy in this room. He's like, all y'all do is laugh in this room. So it's full of good <laughs> energy. And I was just like, oh, oh, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my uh, little so shaman, so you're so nice. He's <laughs> <laughs> so perfect. He's so that, good. But we do tell some scary stories and talk about bad people. And we do bring some mm. Oh, the dolls got smudged. Oh, good. Oh, I bet they love that. Smudged. Yeah, Claudia got <laughs> smudged. Um, we, uh, both Max and I, like Max smudged me and I smudged him. So like we, we thoroughly smudged out. <laughs> I smudged myself. <laughs> yes. I went into Coco's room and as I was leaving, she was like, is there negative energy in my closet? And I was like, yes, there is so much <laughs> negative energy in your closet. <laughs> I was like, I don't think you've touched this closet in like two years. Mm. Nasty ass. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I did see some when I was salting the corners. I saw some um because when you salt the house, you're supposed to go back after a couple of days and vacuum all the negative energy. The salt's supposed to absorb the negative energy in your like, but it's also really good for like I've got cobwebs, man. I got some like really um nasty corners in my house. <laughs> so I'm like, this is this is a good thing. This is you know, nice, witchy, you know, good cleansing but it's also kind of martha stewart practical (laughs) (laughs) you know i didn't i didn't salt and i kept thinking when you were saying that i was like if you salt in the corners do your cats just run over there and lick all the corners that was one of the things that they talked about when i was reading up on how to salt your house um and they're like you know don't let the animals even though they would be fine but it's kind of like you don't want the animals like eating the negative energy although i think my cat with cujo right eats a lot of negative energy (laughs) (laughs) anyway (laughs) um but you know they weren't you know the dog followed us around and um the cats could care less what we were doing and you know after a day or so you go and vacuum it up so it's pretty safe Pretty safe. I didn't do well, salt. Good. Yeah, I just read it. We're somewhere. safe until. Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry. I, I just read did it to get ghosts. Yeah, but it's also to absorb negative energy in a room or in a house. All right, Courtney. Let's talk about this drink that I was a bit <laughs> skeptical about. Not because I did not trust that you would bring it on through, but it kind of threw me a curveball. Um, For 2021. 20, and let me, uh, this is like, this is so good. This is so good. Mm-hmm. It's like, tasty. I'm so glad y'all like it. I'm, I'm almost mm-hmm. done. It's, it's so not good. my favorite. I'm just going to say. Really? But is it because it's kind of too sweet, which is probably mm-hmm. why I like it? Probably. Yeah. No, how much was sweet. So I haven't named this yet. But I just Ooh. told to Marlea before the show, maybe we should make that our, <gasps> we should. what we do this week, have the, um, have a little contest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have a okay. contest, a naming contest. Okay. Yeah. So it is 
brandy simple syrup that I soaked in apples for like, I don't know how many weeks now. Whenever I made the Mary Cherries, mm-hmm. I had enough brandy left over and not enough cherries. So I cut up an apple in it. So it's been sitting to make apple brandy syrup. Oh my God. And then, uh, so I added that with fresh squeezed lemon juice, champagne. Well, first I added um, that with the, what she was confused about was the oregano. So right. there's oregano in it. So it's apple brandy, oregano, and um, lemon juice. Muddle the oregano and then top with champagne. Yes. So, so when you were first describing it. Sorry. When you were first describing it to me, this this is what I heard. I heard apples. I was like, mmm. <laughs> Lemons. I was like, mmm. Oregano. I was like, Hmm. <laughs> Spaghetti. Spaghetti. That's right. Tomatoes. <laughs> Garlic bread. What what are we doing? Um, but that's just me. Uh but I was trying to like again put it into my brain how that would taste, and it did not taste like my brain put it together. And I <laughs> and um yeah. Anyway, I'm sorry. What were you saying? Oh, I don't know. You guys froze on me for a second. So I don't know what was just said. Oh, <laughs> That's what I, said. oh I love no. it. And I love you. That's what I was saying. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I thought saying. I knew it would be sweet because it's a simple syrup and it's brandy and then the apples. And then so I was like, it needs something acidic. Always need to balance that really, really sugary. So the lemon juice. And then I was like, what herbs do I have? What Time probably would have gone well too, mm. but I don't know. I thought to try the oregano because it's a little more fragrant. Mm-hmm. And I just muddled just like one sprig in it. So it's not very heavy. But yeah. can you mm-hmm. the oregano? I can. It's like the, it's like the aftertaste. It's like after mm. you sip it, it's like you kind of get this little bit of wolf of um, oregano, but it's not overpowering like I was expecting it to be. Yeah. I'm not really getting the oregano out of it, but, and I honestly, I like, I love savory herby kind of drinks. So that, that would be something to play around with too in the future. Oh yeah. It's Mm. very sugary though, because it's that syrup and then Mm -hmm. apples. Right. It's it's sweet. They're sweet. Those drunk apples are very drunk. Yes. Yes. I gave you some Patrice. Yes. I know. Yes. So let's have the, um, (laughs) uh fans name it yeah it's like i wanted to have a champagne drink for new year's Mm -hmm. you know you always have to and i was thinking something 2021 now that we're talking about smudging i'm liking that idea (laughs) 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 like a smudge but that i don't have a sage in it so if i put sage in it maybe oh that'd be oh yeah (laughs) you know what we should have kept some of our some of our charred sage from our smudging sticks i I have stuff i um actually i put my sage out i have i like to collect like you know every year the students at the art department have usually a pottery sale and so I use up always buying little bowls and mm-hmm. neat little things that I'm not going to drink out of or do anything like that because I mean they're students and I don't know I mean I don't <laughs> students um, <laughs> you don't trust it them. says trust that them. it's food safe but <laughs> yeah exactly so I have you know I've stick pins in them and stuff like that so I found like some my little bowls and they're perfect and I put my salt in it and so we use the salt for you know the house and then at the end I just uh put my sage stick out into the salt and so Mm. it has like sagey burnt salt kind of mixture in it now Mm. might be good that's That's a good idea to put it out in salt because I put it out in uh 
flower. <laughs> I put mine out in dirt. I got soil from a pot in my backyard and that's put it out in dirt. Idea. But I was like, well, that's going to make it hard to light again because there was it was mm. damp. Mm-hmm. So it said sand when I read. I have, yeah, so I read. Sand I have an abalone too. shell, so I use my big abalone shell. Mm, nice. That's the water, and then the sand is the earth, and then the right. Then the the fire, the smoke. So you have the elements. Damn, y'all are much better at this than me. I'm just like I just lit it on fire. <laughs> you know, first year it's gonna get better next year. <laughs> we'll have it figured out. One we'll other have... thing I was researching when I was trying to think of a name about oregano is um, known to have antiviral properties. <gasps> yeah. Yeah. yeah, antiviral and um, for lungs. Like if you're having breathing oh. issues. Oh, these issues. are all these perfect. Are, you're saving our lives. You are. Like, so 2021, we need to keep the COVID cure. Away. The cure. Yes. Drink so. alcohol and eat oregano. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a doctor. Not, <laughs> not a doctor. <laughs> Wear a mask. Stay away from groups. That's right. Listen eat to real oregano. doctors and science. <laughs> So yeah, I, I like it. Okay, though it's it's uh, it is people who like sweet on the sweeter side will like this. So you guys make it at home and then yes. tell us what you think of it. And uh, I use what, the brute. What you do I wouldn't use it. a prosecco with this. Right? Champagne. Yeah, the prosecco like, yeah, would be too sweet. Too, it'd be too sweet. Yeah. No, the brute. We're okay. Never mind. We'll talk about that later. Um, okay. I I did want to give a shout out this week to Beth and Kenneth, our newest Patreon uh, people. Thank you so much. Patrons. Uh, Patrons, when you help support us right now, you are actually helping to uh, support others that we contract out uh, to keep this gypsy wagon wheel going, (laughs) you know? So we're actually, you know, contracting people to help us keep the podcast running as smoothly as possible. But as I was telling Marlea before uh, we started recording, one of the things I don't like setting new year's resolutions, but I do try like to like first of the year, try to do something new and different. Um, pretty much knowing that I'm not going to be able to keep it up because that's just my personality. And me too. one of the things is like, I'm trying to get my budget under control and uh it's chaotic. My budget yeah. is chaotic. My spending is chaotic. And I just don't know if I can do it. But that said, we are trying to use the money that you donate, um, to lovely people donate to help us be, you know, more consistent and have a better quality product coming out. And we do have plans, Marley and I all the time talking about like plans that we want to do in the future when we get time in our chaotic well, yes. lives we need to, <laughs> to do stuff when, when i think we're both kind of saving gig. up to like you know when yeah when we can see each other because it's so mm-hmm. so hard to do stuff on zoom i mean it's it is what it is right it yeah, makes it it, it makes everything doable and i'm glad that we have it but you yeah. do get a lot of and even you know how like people say that when you perform and stuff like musicians get energy from their but we get energy from each other we do and we do. without us being in 
person with each right. other a lot. Like even our, even our prep and planning and every, like Patrice and I used to meet just like for shits and giggles in the coffee shop, like two or three times a week. And we would sit there and end up accidentally talking about stories for an hour and a half. Right. You know I mean? Or having new ideas and just, mm-hmm. yeah, it's just the, the brainstorming and just the new ideas and, you know, new directions and stuff that happen when you're in person, when you're just talking shit mm-hmm. and we, you don't really get to do that when you're zooming because like it's a meeting and you're doing it with an intention to do the thing so that you can get off, you know, yeah. at the computer. Yeah. So, so we do but have thank you. plans. Yes. But thank you patrons. Thank you, Beth thank and you. Kenneth. Um, for joining on this crazy ride and we appreciate y'all so much and everybody else who stuck with us yes we had someone um i will tell you we will tell you guys flat oh, out yeah. that our stories at the strange south dot com right stories at the yes. strange south you know maybe we don't get many emails there because i don't even know what our email address is <laughs> <laughs> but listen uh our, our oh yeah we we got a story from someone in response to Patrice's awesome stories about healthcare workers and yes. um and everything on our last episode before this. And um so thank you to Allison for sending us your yes. your stories. I don't know if you wanted to share that right now or save it for an after show. You know, I am actually gonna save it for a listener lore because I awesome. believe I believe there is another story. Um and you know this is this is the problem with social media and my brain. Um <laughs> If you don't send it to stories at strangesouth.com, I may not see it. I mean, there's just, there's like this black hole that like Instagram and Facebook go into when you try to send us direct messages or things in the inbox. And usually what happens is I will see it right when you send it, but I won't be able to reply saying, oh, that's cool. Or we're going to use this or thanks or whatever. Or even if I do, it goes away and I don't know where it goes to. I think I have I lost have the same problem. a couple of stories. So it's not because we're like, ah, we're not going to like do that. Is it because we share the account? Because I try not to open anything. I let you two open them. When I don't, I don't even know if it's that, but it's just like when somebody, because mm. I, I got this really nice, lovely, long email about somebody telling a story, but I think it was, it was either through Instagram and I read it through the Facebook. Anyway, technicalities, but just that said, um, if you have something that you would like to share with us, please try to send it through stories at the strangesouth.com. Yeah. And um, we will be sure to read it and get back to you. So that said, I've got to do some deep digging because I know that there's a story somewhere so that we can have two stories for a listener lore because that uh, healthcare worker story so is cool. so good. It's yes. so good. I was so like, cool. just like yelling when I was reading it. I was like, <laughs> yeah, this is so good. This is what, this is what it's all about. And thank you so much mm-hmm. for that story. Well, I don't know. Um, I don't know who's first this week. What, what did we do last time? Do, uh, do you remember Courtney? Maybe first, but let me check the website real quick. Uh, I bet you're I'm right. Still, I forgot about health. I haven't listened to that one. I was still on Godstones and Mary Cherries. And yeah, healthcare. You you were second healthcare for healthcare. Yeah, Christmas creeps and ER after dark. So, so I am you are okay. first. 
Yay, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey, I can't post my pictures of the drink. Well, I'm going to put it as a uh, drink name TBA. Okay. Of the fans. Because Patrice told us we couldn't get on Instagram. Because oh, that's right. Yeah, don't get on Instagram. I haven't <laughs> been yet. I'm sitting here holding my pictures that are so cool because... Oh, well, I'll okay. just wait. You we'll can't just wait. see it till I post it. <laughs> it's <been a> fun <laughs> element. It, it won't matter. Yeah, it'll be posted by the time everybody listens to this anyway. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. The reason why um, I didn't want y'all on Instagram is because I got uh, my story from Instagram kind of last minute. Like I was working on one story and then something. I love the way the universe works. I love it <laughs> when this happens. This is like my favorite way for stories to come about. So that you, you are on the course for a story. And it was okay. Um, I wasn't really feeling it yet, which is probably why I got diverted so easily. But um, I was like, okay, I'm going to do this story. And then I'm reading my Instagram and um, one of my friends posted something. And it just like took me down this rabbit hole. Which yeah. I, love, I love these rabbit holes. So, and I like immediately replied to, I didn't immediately reply to her, but once I decided I was going to do the story, I replied to her and I was like, Hey, thank you so much. I'm doing this on the podcast tonight. Um, I can't believe I didn't know about this. This is so crazy. And then I realized I posted it from the strange South podcast. And I was like, Oh, I was like, I don't want y'all to like read any of that. So that this would be a surprise because it's new to me and hopefully it will be new to you. Um, I got a lot of my information from this website called Stacy's Red Bones. Of course, Wikipedia, hmm. the Meridian Star, uh, Alabama.com or AL.com, and MississippiFolklife.org. And cool. there's like a lot of stories um, or, you know, articles about this. But I was like yesterday years old when I learned... <laughs> that the word uh, uh, Egyptian, or more mm -hmm. to the point, Egyptian, is the original form of the word gypsy. Oh, really? Yes. Oh. So gypsy comes from the word Egyptian. Oh. And really, the word gypsy was created by outsiders. Um, it's a pejorative word, uh, basically, that came about because people thought that gypsies came from Egypt. Um, there's references in the Bible to Egyptians and the gypsy kind of way of life. Um, and I can post links to these. I didn't really include those verses like, you know, in my story. But really the word gypsy is um, kind of a derogatory term for the uh, Romani people are the Roma people. Mm -hmm. And um, again, they're not Egyptians, even though some of their burial and traditions are very similar to the Egyptians. So the Romani or the Roma people, they're both referred to the same way, are not to be confused with Romanians who come from Romania, mm -hmm. but they actually, um, because they've, uh, and they're not like a race of people. So, but they're old, they're like a thousand. Uh, the Roma people are like a thousand. They can trace their history back about a thousand years. And they originally thought, um, you know, 
they originally thought that it was like, you know, Egypt in that area that that came out of. However, uh, they're more of Indo-Aryan people. So through like DNA stuff that we can do now and tracing of their language, uh, basically it's found that they originated from Northwest India. Hmm. So again, new to me, I had no idea about that. And Roma people, you know, in the past, you know, have all disagreed where they originally originated from. But if you go like to some of their tribe or clan websites, you know, you'll start seeing like all this DNA stuff. And if you've ever done like 23andMe kind of stuff and they talk about mm -hmm. like the different like groups that like the women in your family are originally from and stuff like all of those things um, are talked about here, which is really interesting. It's so interesting. Sorry. Hold on. <laughs> Champagne burp. Yeah. Oh. So, you know, they deny any specific ethnic or racial mix. Um, it is, you know, they say that they come from all flavors and they are united through the shared language. So they do have their own language and traditions. You know, they made their way first through like modern day Turkey and settled into Europe or expanded into Europe about 800 years ago. So in the 1700s, uh, Roma people were widely persecuted. And, and that's one of the things. So, you know, they don't call themselves gypsies, uh, but other people, again, gave them that name. And it's kind of a name that stuck. And in like the past, and even in not so past, that name is very derogatory. Um, you know, there's a definite stereotype that comes with the word gypsies. And I think maybe in the South here, we kind of romanticize, you know, that lifestyle and the look and, and what we think um, being outside that culture of what it is. But, you know, in the 1700s, they were persecuted in Europe. Um, they have had centuries of persecution. Uh, they've had, you know, they've been enslaved. There's a lot of misunderstandings. Uh, rulers used to issue edicts uh, saying that all adult Romas uh, were to be unceremoniously beheaded without any sort of trial. So it's basically a kill on sight um, kind of thing. 1880s, so the late 80s, they spread out to Russia, Hungary, England, and other countries in Europe. And really, just like uh, with so many and the, the Jews, especially during World War II, they were also um, sent to Nazi concentration camps in World War II. And it's believed that over 2 million Roma people were killed um, during World War II. Although the Nazis, they didn't keep record of um, the Roma people. So we don't really know exactly how many people. And, you know, they travel and they don't, you know, they spread out and they, they went into many scattered subgroups over the centuries. And now it is believed that there may be about 12 million Roma people uh, worldwide. And several fled to South America, like Brazil. And then from Brazil, many came to the South and the Southeast. 
So the popular culture stereotype uh, depicting gypsies, uh, the Roma people, it's like the fortune tellers or the mm-hmm. nomadics, um, con men, you know, thieves, you know, these are some of the negative stereotypes that are brought on upon these people that they are still fighting. And like right before we got on Zoom, I was watching a TED talk with a Roma lady and she was talking about when she went to school, uh, you know, she had a beautiful, free, loving childhood. But as soon as she went to a public school with other children of uh, different cultures, of course, she was uh, immediately like put into this, you know, gypsy box and was, you know, bullied because of, you know, being a gypsy. Hmm. So one quick kind of aside talking about uh, Roma people. So the word Rome or Rom um, come from the Romney, Romani language uh, means like means like man or husband, but I've also heard it referred to as like human. So Rom meaning human. And then there's variants of the word Rom that are like Dom or Lom. Y'all, I'm slaughtering this, you know? (laughs) So I I apologize to any Rama people (laughs) out there. I'm really trying to be respectful and I apologize if I I slaughter this, but this is what I found interesting. Um, And these words are related to Sanskrit words, uh, Dampati, which means Lord of the house or husband, Dama, which means to subdued, Lom or lom means hair. Lomaka means hairy. Loma or Roman means hairy. Romaka means man with beard and long hair. So what I'm getting to is like the name itself kind of to me, again, I hate to say this kind of talks, feels to me like the stereotype of the gypsy, which is the long hair, the long beard um, person. But uh, it's also these uh, possible origins of this word in Sanskrit, like doma, um, also refer to members of a low caste uh, kind of society, like traveling musicians or dancers. So it's really interesting, like how these words come together in their language and in like the old language to describe um, the people. All right, so why am I talking about the Romani people today? And like I said, it was basically, you know, I was yesterday years old when I, I learned mm-hmm. of the Egyptian uh, gypsy connection, but I was also yesterday years old when I found out that I lived in a city for almost four years of my life where the burial is the home to Queen of the Gypsies. That's right. Yes. So Meridian, Mississippi is mm-hmm. the burial site to the Queen <laughs> of the Gypsies. And literally, one of the places that I worked there for a year or so, I believe, like I drove past that cemetery every single day and had no fucking clue. Mm-hmm. I could kick myself for like, I've never went to the cemetery. But anyways, I found out about it because a friend of mine who I went to art school with at MUW, which is Mississippi University for Women, um, she's from Meridian, and she did a uh, post, and she's also, by the way, a fantastic artist um, and really good person. She paints these really uh, 
and is perfect for the strange south. She paints these really dystopian rural landscapes and interiors uh, that if you are from the south, you have been in or lived in because, you know, most of the south is rural and it's rural poor. And she like gives these interiors like this abandoned and unkept uh, kind of ruined feeling like Southern ruined uh, mm. where things are just, you know, just, you know, panelings peeling, paints peeling, mm. there's furniture all in the house. It's, it's beautifully detailed. And I'll put a link to her Instagram where she has all of her paintings up there. It's like really, really good. But anyway, her name is Jill Shoffett. And um, she posted something because she couldn't come home to Mississippi this year because of COVID. And she said, the grave of the Gypsy Queen, Meridian, Mississippi. He's like, when you can't go home, you can always remember in countless waves while um, also appreciating where you are. So she was in Mississippi and she posted this. And I'm like, well, where the fuck have I been to not know this? <laughs> like, not only like from Mississippi, but lived in the literal town that she's talking about. So anyway, this is for you, Jill. Thank you so much. And this is also for um, Queen of the Gypsies, Kali Mitchell. So there are basically four bands of gypsies, um, I think, in the area. I don't know if this is all the U.S., but definitely the Southeast. Um, there's the Mitchells, Marks, Boss, and Costellos. And this is really interesting to me because, again, I had knew none of this. I knew nothing really apart from the stereotype about gypsy and gypsy cultures. Uh, I have a lot of friends that have last names Mitchell hmm. and I have some friends with last names Costellos and stuff and I'm just really curious like what that lineage is I mean they're from Mississippi uh, but it is said that the Mitchell tribe um, which is originally the Mississippi Roma tribe originated from Biloxi before the Civil War and they, although it said that they came in through like New Orleans, but like during the Civil War, uh, New Orleans was blockaded. So you couldn't get into the port of New Orleans. So Biloxi was the next port that a lot of people settled in. So this group or the head of this group uh, came in through Biloxi, it is said, although there's some discrepancies. There's a lot of sites saying a lot of different things. So I'm kind of saying kind of the most commonly said, which could be like the most commonly wrong thing. Um, <laughs> so I apologize. This is just what I read y'all. Uh, so the Roma Queens clan, the Mitchells, uh, a lot of them are buried there in Meridian. And she was named uh, Queen of the Gypsies because her husband, Emil uh, Mitchell, was King of the Gypsies. So Emil was born in 1857 in Rio de Janeiro. And he was the one who is said went through New Orleans, which is not correct uh, as far as I've, what I've read. Uh, but more than likely, you know, came in through Biloxi, although they say that he may come in through New York. It said that he came in with his parents, which I don't think was correct either. But he, anyway, he came to the U.S. about five years old. And when he was like, I think 27, it says, he was living in Cleveland, Ohio. And uh, that's when he became, he was anointed head of the clan, king of the gypsies. And then they moved down to Alabama. 
So Kelly, his wife, and I don't have really a lot, there's not a lot of information about their day-to-day life or, you know, what was going on. We know that, you know, we think she was born around 1868 and she, I don't really know when she married Emil, but they lived in Catopa, Alabama, which is halfway between Demopolis and Meridian, Mississippi. So if you know where Meridian is, it's like on the east middle side of Mississippi. So right across the state line, about 30 or 40 miles is um, Catopa. So they lived there. And in 1915, uh, Callie, they call her Callie, but sometimes she'll be referred to as Kelly. she was having a really difficult delivery and she was 47 at the time, bless her heart. And she was delivering her 15th child. What? So uh, she's delivering it. It was like a really long labor. It was intensive. She started to hemorrhage really bad Mm. and it was not looking good. So Emil, her husband did something kind of unusual for the Roma people that were there and uh, called for a doctor, tried to get a medical doctor. And he offered up at the time, this was 1915. I don't know what the dollar translation is, but he offered $10,000 to the doctor if he could save his wife. Hmm. Unfortunately, she died um, January 31st, 1915 at the age of 47. Lord, 15 children. 40, and, and, you know, Again, nomadic people, they, you know, they were not living in houses and stuff. Um, so that's like 15 natural childbirths. That's just, that's, that's awful. It's <laughs> awful. It is awful. Bless her heart. When she died, she was surrounded by her husband and their children and members of the, um, the Romney tribe there. Sorry. <laughs> champagne burp <laughs> so the thing that's really and the reason like uh jill posted about you know her being buried in, in meridian because it was kind of happenstance that she was buried in meridian but the burial itself is really what i want to talk about so emil after she died and because she was basically royalty of this clan or this tribe he had to like you know tell everybody tell all the members um of their community uh and you know they lived all throughout the united states so he had to find a way to postpone her burial um until everybody could travel to the area and meridian just happened to be the closest place that had um refrigerated uh a funeral home like mm. a what do they call it that they anyway so they yeah, could like put her basically put her on yeah. ice mm-hmm. um until everybody uh could come and pay their respects so i believe let's see how many days 14 i think it was about two weeks that they preserved her body waiting for everybody to come so all of a sudden if you were living in meridian mississippi in 1915 um, during the beginning of the new year, uh, 
it ended up being like 20,000 Roma people came to Meridian to pay their respects to the Gypsy Queen, which 20,000 Roma people, Meridian probably at that time was not much more like their whole city. So it it doubled um, the (laughs) city. Right now, I think Meridian has like 41,000 people in it, but you know, basically this whole other city of people came in for the funeral. And one of the cemetery caretakers that takes care of the graves, he says, gypsies were camped all, all over hell's half acre. <laughs> hell's hell's half, half acre. But I've heard that before, though. We'll have to look up that saying. But <laughs> apparently everybody was camped out. They were camped out in church lawns, parks, schools, anywhere that they can squeeze in um there's lakes to the east of meridian called bonita lakes and chad and i used to go out there and walk around the lakes and take our dogs and it was like a really great place to go out and just spend a weekend out in the sun and the water and stuff and he said that they were all out you know in the bonita lakes area so on February 6th, a couple of weeks later, uh, the Meridian Dispatch actually talked about the viewing because there was like a viewing and then there was the service and then there was the procession and then there was the burial. Holy cow. So this is what Meridian said about, um, you know, the viewing. And again, just in the verbiage as Marleyan and definitely you can relate to this from reading old newspaper articles <laughs> oh, about God. like the derogatory, sexist, Mm -hmm. racist remarks being said. So let me just, I'm just going to read it to y'all. At one side of the parlors with candelabra at the head and foot stands the magnificent silver trimmed metallic casket. Although I read somewhere that it was actually a copper casket, but we'll get back Mm -hmm. to that. So hermetically sealed within and all the barbaric splendor of a medieval queen Uh. lies Mrs. Callie Mitchell, queen of the gypsies of America. The swarthy face with its (laughs) high cheekbones is typically of the Romani tribes and the head, the upper portion of which is covered with bright silken drapery pinned at the backs with pins, rest upon a cushion of flimmy, film, not flimmy, sorry, <laughs> <laughs> filmy <laughs> silk <laughs> and satin. The hair is braided gypsy fashion and the dark tresses shine. The body was uh, attired in a royal robe of gypsy green and other bright colors contrasting vividly with the somber hues usually used under such circumstances. Two necklaces were around her neck, one of shells and heirloom, which was uh, descended through generations uh, or given down through generations. The lower uh, portion of the body was draped with sacred linen treasured by green I mean, treasured by the gypsy bands uh, for use only when death overtakes one of their number. When the children are brought, each put a memento of some kind in the casket and it will devolve upon, devolve, I don't know why they use that word. It will devolve upon the youngest child to place her mother's earrings in her ear. So that was custom for the youngest child at the end to put the mother's earrings in her ears. Mm. So 
It is said that, you know, they bought the finest casket money could buy, but records really show that they didn't sell any caskets over $150. And uh, that's kind of like one of the myths that go along with this legend saying that, you know, she was buried in a casket of gold and they're like, come on, you know, people, those, you know, Roma people are smart. They would not put all their monies into something that they're going to bury like that. So that's like, you know, one of the rumors that went around. So the actual funeral services took place February 12th in an Episcopalian church. They had a Reverend H.W. Uh, Wells officiating, and they said everything was very simplistic. It's like the viewing was simplistic. You know, the 20,000 people paid the respects. However, you know, they couldn't get that many people, obviously, into the church. So it was limited, you know. Uh, listening to the service and whatnot but from the church to the actual graveyard they said that there was about um you know is where everybody followed the casket and uh the graveyard held like maybe about five thousand uh people to see the last rites so the funeral procession was talked about and um and it's just really great. The uh, Stacy Redbones that I have uh, a link to, that I'm going to put a link to, has some fantastic. She actually has pictures of um, Emil and some of the processions um, oh. that I don't know is uh, from uh, Kelly's uh, burial or not, but it's definitely from one of the other queen of the gypsies that was appointed after her, like her burial, but it's like really fascinating. So anyway, talking about the procession. So they went from the church and they hired like the college band there in Meridian to head the procession. And then it was followed by the male members of the Roma uh, tribe on foot and bareheaded, which again is another tradition that the men don't wear hats, that they don't ride, you know, in the procession, that they walk the procession and they don't wear hats. So Chief Mitchell, so her husband was there, uh, his immediate family members were there, and the women and the children in her family were in the carriages. So it was a, a horse-drawn, um, you know, carriages and hearse that was being pulled along. So they walked down to the cemetery so they get there and one of the things before they close the casket uh you know another part of their customs and tradition is to uh give you know the queen comfort leading on into the next life so in the coffin they put you know combs and brushes and other like toilet accessories and stuff and you know they also had like a supply of working clothes to use uh, on the other side of sticks is what they said. So, mm -hmm. you know, they're preparing again, but in this kind of reflects, this is some of the Egyptian culture kind of coming through as well, as far as burying people with their riches and things that they'll need in the next life. Uh, during the ceremonies, no conversation took place. It's like the silence was perhaps one of the most impressive parts of the services. So everybody was very respectful. So after they buried Kelly, uh, Emil, of course, uh, got remarried. But before then, his sister, uh, Flora Mitchell, 
uh, succeeded into the throne and she uh, died in 1930 at the age of 70 and she lived in Yazoo City. So the next, you know, queen of the Mitchell clan actually lived in Yazoo City. And when she died, uh, because Kelly was already there, they buried her also in Meridian. And there's, a, there's actually, I think, most of the photos that show, like, the hearst and the horses and all the Roma people and the men without hats and the women um, in the procession line and at the gravestone um, are of her, her funeral. But, I mean, they're, like, some really fantastic photos. So Emil, like I said, remarried, and then he ended up dying in 1942 at the age of 85, but he lived near Atala. And so Alabama, yeah, Alabama. So he is said to have said, or somebody said when he died that the King died under a tent Friday in Albertonville, high upon Alabama's sand mountain. Albertville is what it is. (laughs) Yeah. So they said that he died there. And when he died, um, he said he wanted to die under the tent, just like he came into the world in a tent um, in Rio de Janeiro, Brazil. So he is buried right next to his wife there in Meridian. And uh, unfortunately, at the same time, they had a couple of deaths. So there is like literally a section of um, Romani people who are buried in the uh, Rose Hill Cemetery in Meridian, Mississippi. And one of the things that you like, anytime there's somebody famous, like musician or whatnot, their um, trinkets are usually left. And that's one yeah. of the things with the Queen of the Gypsies. You know, you think of bracelets and necklaces and earrings mm-hmm. and, and scarves and all of that. Um, so, you know, the tradition of throwing money and, and giving things that, that would bring them comfort um, are there at this cemetery. So he was placed right next to his wife. Um, the tribesmen supervised in the ancient burial ceremony, which included like sprinkling of fruit juice over the grave, something to drink on the other side. And um, one of the other traditions is that the Roma women would, would not pose for photographs, nor would they tell fortunes at any price uh, before the funeral service, because that was considered bad luck. And King, like, really... Uh, Queen Kelly had the blowout funeral, like the 20,000 visitors and stuff. Mm-hmm. When um, King Emil died, it was during the World War II, and not a lot of people could travel during that time. So Rose Hill Cemetery, like I said, is where like a large percentage of these Romney people, Rom- Rom- Romney, Roma Romney. people, yeah, are including the king and the queen and then some of the i don't know who got appointed there's like of course it's like the heads it's like chief of the clans so there's several of them buried there um when they were buried because of the tradition of throwing money into um the coffins and also you know including like jewelry and stuff uh they had to, you know, put a steel vault around the casket and then put like reinforcing bars and then put like a layer of two or three feet of cement to keep people from um, digging it up, looking for the treasures. 
assholes, basically. Yes, absolutely. And again, it was this week, I was this week old when I learned that the top part of the cement on top of the grave is called a wolf stone. Have y'all ever heard of that? Oh. So that's like the little concrete on top is called a wolf stone. So um, they did that for the king and queen and um, people started like over the years leaving little things like Coca-Cola, packet of cigarettes, beer. It said that Kelly Mitchell's favorite drink was Orange Crush, mm-hmm. which in 1915 had like, it was already being produced. So you can usually find like a soda of Orange Crush on her grave. Um but because, you know, the rumors run around that the Roma people were flipping $20 gold coins into the open casket before it was closed, it was broken into in 1947, in 1959, and in 1976. Even so, with all that, like, cement and everything? Yeah. And if you go there, it's like, I don't know if they've had to replace the tombstones, but they've definitely had to, like, replace and, and rebuild some of the stuff after the break-ins and if you go there the wolf stone is cracked and stuff you can see where it is cracked from the attempts and everything um sidebar of that not sidebar sorry but um other things that have been left there pacifiers pez dispensers screwdriver stuffed bear a single sock bunch (laughs) of mardi gras beads um hotel room keys a bottle of orange crush (laughs) Uh, beer, boxes of matches, a toy horse, plastic crown, bangles, uh, a scrap of red carpet, a shiny belt buckle, horse liquor, and, and all that fun stuff. I really appreciate like the matches, like the pragmatism of the person who leaves you matches to use in the afterlife. But the one sock guy is just a dick. Like, yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Or, or, you know, or, it's kind of like that one sock or one shoe that you always see on the road or on a trail somewhere. And mm-hmm. you just kind of like, how did how that happen? Hell? Yeah, yeah, exactly. How is what's, going, what's the story of that sock? <laughs> so, you know, maybe it was just a stray sock that somebody just decided to you know, put up there as well. But we have this like tradition of of giving things uh, like on William Faulkner's grave in Oxford, Mississippi, uh, you know, people leave liquor, like Mm -hmm. bourbon, especially like his favorite bourbon was Four Roses bourbon. And so people will leave that on his grave. Of course, Robert Johnson, who was said to be buried a couple of different places, remember, like there's no like, well, he's really, really buried here kind Mm -hmm. of deal or, um, it said that, you know, you can find liquor bottles, beer cans, hotel room keys, guitar picks, and stuff like that on his grave. So about the mid-80s, um, or even before, like the 70s and 80s, the Rose Hill uh, Cemetery, kind of like, nobody was keeping it up, and it got really run down. And so one of the businessmen there in Meridian decided that they really need you know because there's some there's not just the king and queen and the gypsies are buried there but you know they have some other people like maybe an I think an astronaut and of course some mayors and some other you know quote unquote famous people buried there 
And so they're like, you know, we really need to take better care of our cemetery. We need to raise money for these notable figures. So what they did and what, you know, became popular about this time was to do the cemetery tours. So they hired people to clean off the graves and, you know, clean it up. And they like people will leave like silver change and pennies. So they take all of the like socks and stuff like that off the grave every so often and they'll leave the pennies if they've got like one woman that like takes all the silver change and I'm hoping she like donates it to the cemetery but they started doing these tours so he got these uh volunteers that formed kind of this uh drama troupe and they're called the Rose Hill Players and they tell the stories of the residents of the cemetery on the last Saturday in September every year and of course the king and queen of the gypsies is like their star attraction cool and that is my story Ooh, of i want to go to it i know yeah, I to go of to there. queen of the gypsies buried and of all places meridian mississippi is meridian called the queen city i believe it is but it i is. don't know if that's why but it's like I, I looked up the story forever ago and I just couldn't mm. get my brain around it. So I'm really glad you did it because mm. I, was, I was like, this is so weird, but I just could never, there's so much in yeah. like that history it's, and everything. You did right. so good. It is, it is, it is, it is, I think it's called the Queen City and I'm not sure if it's because of a connection with New Orleans or not mm. um, or because the Queen of the Gypsies. I don't know. That's, that's a good I think I read somewhere, but I can't remember like what the reason I, why it I that. that it is because of her, but it's yeah, interesting. It's just kind of, kind of cool that it is. It so. is kind of cool. And again, something that I just learned this week, having lived in Meridian <laughs> for almost four years, which is really weird. Meridian, Meridian is one of those towns that when I was young and my grandparents lived in Limerton, Mississippi, it was like the halfway point between Columbus and Lumberton and we would always like meet in Meridian and there's McDonald's that we'd always <laughs> meet at and it had like the Hamburglar and like the Woo! big like hamburger thing that you could crawl into and it had like the little teeth you know so straight up 70s yeah um, like the McDonald's playground yes, like totally. you know the the you know, like the Rocky hamburger oh my god I was just thinking of those my favorite yes, like, the the so that's like one of the things that like when I think of Meridian that's the first thing I always think about is that McDonald's we'd always meet at and then later on in my life <laughs> When we would meet because the highway that goes through Meridian, I think it's Highway 45 alternative, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Um, you know, it doesn't cut through the best part of town. It kind of cuts through like the industrial gross part of town that just really looks like like nothing. And this is the curse mm. of Patrice. So I, every time I would drive through there, like on my way to New Orleans or on the way to my grandparents, I would always think, thank God I don't live in this town. <laughs> and guess what happens? My first job out of college, Meridian, Mississippi, bought my first house there. Um, but actually Meridian is not bad. Benita Lights like definitely saved us, but it's just, you know, small Mississippi town. And luckily it's just a hop, skip and a jump to like the coast or New Orleans um, kind of deal. 
but that having known suck. this oh and it's got like some amazing thing it's got like a fucking opera house like it's got like this totally redone opera house like back in the day meridian i guess used to be like a cultural epicenter wow and so it's got like this beautiful um opera house it's got a uh there's actually like this skyscraper building down there i forget what it was called i should have looked it up but it's art deco it's in this art deco style so it's got a lot of these older uh buildings and like these really cool like the art deco style building who's probably done by some architect that somebody i know knows the name of <laughs> um and they you know refurbished the opera house and at one point they were putting an art center at Benita lakes which we moved after that so i don't know if that happened or not um so it's like got some really cool things going on but i swear if you just drive on the interstate or the highway like right through meridian you're just like ugh, <laughs> <laughs> which i guess you are with most towns you know <laughs> highway highway i guess what is it curb appeal is not a priority for a lot yeah, of times. no all those things you mentioned i did a quick search um are probably the reasons the gypsy queen was one reason it could be called the queen the other is regarding the opera house and oh. a theater play that was written for that opera house that you were just talking about mm -hmm. call uh where he the mayor wrote a uh, play call, calling the city the queen of the east but then also it goes to say most likely though it is because of the um uh kelly mitchell the crescent line oh the crescent oh. Line. that's what it was because it has the, the trains crescent, the yep. crescent city to the queen city and it was the east queen city and cincinnati was west queen City. Oh. and it ran to oh, I, I don't know how i could because like again the train tracks go right through like downtown meridian <clears throat> um and we queen would use is a common phrasing that developed when the queen and crescent train establishes regular route from meridian to new orleans yeah so uh, that's what i line. god how did i forget about the trains yeah the trains are really cool um uh, we used to go to like there's a bridge that goes over the train tracks and we would always because my husband's a big train freak like we would just go like <laughs> sit and watch trains like forever um don't ask me why and there's like Golden, a million big bang theory <laughs> oh my gosh there's like a million stories about how chad and his other train friend who actually ended up working on the <laughs> railroad friend would get stuck like they would go watching because they would know when specific trains would travel from one line to the other and y'all believe me it's a thing it sounds weird <laughs> as fuck i understand but it is a thing and so they would watch you know i guess it's like trying to you know catch i don't i don't know what it's like i cannot really relate but anyway they would like find these specific trains and they would drive all like around you know uh west alabama and east mississippi trying to find these different trains pulling from different areas and for whatever reason it never failed because the main time that they had to do this was during the christmas break they would always get stuck in a christmas parade like literally <laughs> they have like turned a corner and then been like right in front of santa claus in the christmas parade <laughs> like their car driving with like the marching band 
<laughs> and it's happened more than once and it's kind of like the running joke in the family um getting stuck in a christmas parade while they're out training looking or whatever you call it <laughs> train spotting train spotting there you go <laughs> so funny <laughs> crazy stuff y'all oh well thanks that was cool gypsy queen of meridian no so much oh and there's so many ted talks too like seriously i'm gonna um put some links up uh about you know the different roma people and cultures and you know of course they obviously the stereotypes and the persecutions that still goes on um about their clans and stuff what was the show that had eddie azard and mini driver oh yeah she riches, was roma. The riches the, the riches yeah. was she not roma in that i think show? they both were i think they both were yeah she, but it she was just been like, like i think she was like a princess maybe yeah or, or something yeah but i didn't i didn't watch it for very long so i don't know if it was just more than a glancing thing because they like they like took over somebody else's life right so yeah uh, yeah and they fed up it fed the stereotype it of does them feed being, the stereotype they were thieves. being con yeah. people so mm -hmm. grifters so well, cool. Well, sh I have to pee. Shall we take a break and Let's then come back? Take a break. All right. Do you want more Strange South every week? We can help. You can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And you can join our Facebook fan group, Fans of the Strange South Podcast, to keep the chat going with our whole creepy community. Do you have a story idea for us or a story of your own to share? Email us at stories at thestrangesouth.com. Plus, if you join our Patreon, you not only help support the podcast, you get an exclusive bonus episode for every show and a discount on merch. You can find links to all of these things on our website, thestrangesouth.com, along with photos, links, and show notes from every episode, Strange South t-shirts, mugs, and other goodies. See you there. All right. Well, are you all ready for story two? Oh, we are ready. I like I'm, ready. <laughs> I'm ready. I'm ready. <laughs> I like that shout out today. <laughs> you're, you're like, should I do something? Oh, like, yeah. What, what was it? It was murder. Yeah, I got on the fan group and I said, what I, I was kind of stuck between two things. Do you want murder or ridiculousness? <laughs> and it was and, ridiculous uh, murders. And that's what, like, honestly, for quite a long time, ridiculous murders was winning the vote. <laughs> and so that's end up what I did. Oh, wow. <laughs> I was like, I was like, oh, they put the two together. That's going to oh, be a yeah. tough one to do. Because so. y'all are a bunch of smart asses is why. <laughs> so I ended up having to trash everything and find a ridiculous murder. Did you really? Did yeah, you totally, start over? I totally did. <laughs> At like 2 p.m. <laughs> That'll teach you to ask. <laughs> but uh, it was funny because I was just like, oh, well, you know, what would happen if I typed in ridiculous murder? And guess what? Oh my Tennessee God. happens. Tennessee. Oh. Tennessee. <laughs> Tennessee. <laughs> um, so yes, this is a Tennessee story. Thank you to my ridiculous murder. Uh, <laughs> shout out people. Ridiculous, uh, for the record, ridiculous would have won out if I had waited longer. More people wanted ridiculous than murder. So Thank to those people. Well, yeah. You better get on it faster next time. Yeah. <laughs> or you could subscribe to the Patreon because I'll use my ridiculousness for the after talk after oh this. I got some ridiculousness to talk about. Oh, awesome. So we will have a ridiculous after talk. Mm -hmm. But for now, ridiculous murder, uh, which sounds, I don't know, rude and awful. But anyway, here we go. So uh, 
this is a, a kind of our more recent ridiculous murder story um, from Mountain City, Tennessee. Uh, in 2004, a family moved to this city um, named the Potters. Um, they had a daughter named Janelle, and she was 24 years old. And for before I go any further, I got a lot of my references for this from um, ABC News, Medium, and uh, BuzzFeed's Unsolved Network, which is funny because it's not unsolved. But um, <clears throat> so there's like an estranged child in this family somewhere, also a sister of Janelle's who remembers. Um, you know, she doesn't really keep in touch with her family anymore at this point, but when they interviewed her later on, you know, she remembered her parents always trying to make Janelle fit in with other people and at the same time would make these offhanded comments about how different she was and how like unusual she was. So she felt like it was always kind of them at odds, but they were very, very strict with Janelle and as a child, and they were also very uh, uh, protective so she was very sheltered. Um, people in Mountain City, when they moved there, described Janelle as a loner. Um, she had uh, type 1 diabetes, I think they said, and maybe some other health problems. So she still lived with her parents at 24. And her parents' names were Barbara and Marvin Potter. And Marvin went by Buddy. Barbara and Marvin. Mm-hmm. Okay. Sorry. Barbara and Marvin. Barbara and Marvin. And uh, Barbara had a job at Hewlett Packard. Um, Marvin Buddy was a former Marine who uh, sounds like at some point became a CIA operative, maybe, but is now retired. So um, Janelle doesn't have a job. She doesn't drive. Um, <clears throat> those were their parents living in a new town. So she's online a lot. You know, it's 2004. So social media exists. And um, so she starts to get online. In her trips to the pharmacy to pick up her insulin and her medications for her health issues, she meets a pharmacy clerk named uh, Tracy Greenwell. And um, they strike a conversation over the course of a couple different visits. And um, Tracy says she kind of felt sorry for her because obviously, you know, Janelle's kind of new in town. She's, she, she's a little awkward and she obviously doesn't have a lot to do. So she kind of starts to invite her to spend time with her friends. Maybe she can meet some people. Um, and it, one of the, I think it was a Buzzfeed thing that I watched, um, said that Tracy recounted that she wasn't allowed, like Janelle wasn't allowed to go out. She's 24, wasn't allowed to go out with Tracy and her friends until Tracy had come to the house and met her parents, like more than once, like several times. And then Janelle would be allowed to go out and meet these other people. Um, so, you know, she did that and they, they eventually approved and Janelle started hanging out with Tracy and her friends. And, um, this included Tracy's brother, Billy Payne and, um, her cousin, whose name was Jamie Curd. So some of these friends in this group thought that Janelle kind of quickly fell for Billy Payne, um, Tracy's brother, but nothing really came of that, what, you know, whether it was true or not. And Janelle started dating or however you can date when you're 24 and your parents don't let you see their people started dating this Jamie guy. And, um, he's, he's a computer nerd, you know, he fixes, he fixes computers. And, um, so of course, because her parents are the way they are, she's not telling them that she's dating Jamie and chances are a lot of what they, you know, their, their relationships, probably a lot 
text online, you know, all that kind of stuff. Cause they don't probably see each other very often. Um, but now and again, he would go to the potter's house to fix their computer because, you know, something would go wrong and she'd say, Oh, I have this friend who can do this. And he'd come and do that. So, so now, um, Janelle has a life, you know, she's got some friends, she's got people to hang out with. Um, and it seems like things should be going well, but then she starts getting all these nasty comments showing up on her Facebook somebody and it the abc article says that they're anonymous so i guess what they mean is somebody must have started up a fake account to mm -hmm. troll her um but uh the people just start calling her a terrible person you know the, i mean and it gets it gets is gross. it people or is it this account it it may just be this like i couldn't really tell from this but it <clears throat> it, it sounded like a lot of it was coming from one one account because she was starting to try and pinpoint who was responsible for it. And she was thinking of one person. So it may have just been one, but it was stuff like, you know, what it, at one point her dad said, somebody said that they were going to cut her head off. I mean, like a crazy shit, right? Like right. some, they fl said that they would send somebody to get her raped. I mean, like nasty shit. Mm -hmm. And um, she doesn't really have a good sense of where this is coming from. She tells her mom about it and her mom tries to contact the person at this fake account and it doesn't help. I don't know if there's any response at all, but it definitely doesn't stop. So Janelle starts to kind of fixate on this and thinks that one of the people in this friend group, whose name, uh, Billie Jean Hayworth, she, she thinks that she's the one sending the messages. And the reason she thinks that is because this is Billy Payne's girlfriend, the guy that everybody thought she was in love with when she first started hanging out with this group. So it's the two Billies or right. a couple. And I think actually she's, a, she may be his fiance by this point because they end up, they have a baby together. Um, so Janelle thinks that Billy Hayworth is jealous because Janelle is too pretty and thinks that Billy's going to leave her for Janelle and leave the baby. So that's why she decides that these people must be targeting her on, you know, on social media. So she also, she tells police, like they do talk to the police about it, but the police can't really do anything. Yeah. So and plus kinda, it's 2004. There yeah. was still people like don't know what the fuck to do. Yeah, exactly. Like <clears throat> Not like they do know now, but you know. And and she tells police, and there was a picture of this that I can share, but she tells police that a rock was found in her family's yard that has Billy and Billy, like Billy Payne and Billy Jean's names written on it. Like their whole their full names, like in in Sharpie. It's this like kind of ovals like uh it's it's like a, a smooth rock like a river rock but it's got their names written on it in sharpie and this like it's it's even neat you know it's neat handwriting i was like you know if you're gonna throw shit at somebody's house you don't fucking write your name on the shit you throw yeah, right? and it doesn't become like a diy project right no no <laughs> absolutely not so the, she finds this in the yard and also reports this to the sheriff saying that somebody's threatening her by putting these these targeted rocks in her yard. So all this is happening in this online battle ensues um, on Facebook and on this local website called topics where people just go back and forth in comment sections, just attacking each other, apparently. So Jamie, who is the, the computer geek, who's kind of dating Janelle, he takes her side and the Billies take the other side and friends kind of line up mostly against Janelle but she starts giving 
worse than she's taking in this argument. Like she starts saying things like, I wish you guys and your damn baby would die. You know, she calls Billy and all of her friends whores, says they have HIV, says they're all like fat and she's using fake accounts. She, she has a fake account that's like Matt Potter, but she still uses Potter. <laughs> but there's this Matt Potter on these sites that starts attacking all these people on her behalf. So after all this goes on for way too long, um, all of the people unfriend each other on Facebook. If this was high school, maybe this would be the end of the story, not the end of the story. So the unfriending should be the end of the story. But on January 31st, 2012, that's, that's where we are now, a neighbor goes into um, Billy Payne and Billy Hayworth's house and um, because they keep mail for him periodically and he knocks before he goes in and nobody answers. So he goes in and he finds them both dead in their home with gunshot wounds to the face, both of them, single gunshot wounds to the face. Um, this is Billy, the Billies. This is the Billies. This is eight years later? Yeah. So, and I don't know when all this stuff had really hit in, it. like it really hit hard in 2011. Like, I think that, I think that Janelle lived in Mountain, what did I say this was? Um, Mountain City for a long, like, quite several years i vaguely really remember a friend group. seeing some news something about this about mm-hmm. like the arguments between like well they called blah 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 and yeah it was it was kind of like a bickering back and forth and yeah. yeah and it, it seems was just, like it was really ugly and yeah. how does this turn into people getting shot you know right but um the baby had been in the house like B- billy jean hayworth was was murdered with the baby in her arms but the baby was seven months old the baby was asleep the baby was safe but you know now without parents which is awful and horrible so this fucking facebook feud gets immediately brought up in the investigation of this murder because you know everybody knows they've been like fighting right each other on facebook so the chief deputy um joe woodard goes to talk to the potter family it's one of the first people he wants to interview so while they're sitting at the Potter's house and he's interviewing Barbara and Buddy Potter together with Janelle, it's really clear um, it, from the cues that he's picking up that Barbara and Buddy don't know that Janelle is dating Jamie. So he picks this up just from this interview. He doesn't out anybody, but the next thing he does is bring Jamie Curd in to you know interview him to do a polygraph test. And he fails a polygraph where he says that he doesn't know who killed the Billies. So they start a real interrogation of Jamie. And at first he's not really saying a whole lot, but then he randomly starts to ask them if the CIA is there. And they're like, why would you ask us if the CIA, I mean, like we're the local sheriff, like why would you ask if the CIA is here? And he says that a guy named Chris from the CIA has been texting him, telling him to protect Janelle at all costs. So they keep asking more and more questions of Jamie. And he ends up telling them that Chris is a family friend of Janelle's who she views like kind of like a brother and that Chris is a CIA guy. He lives somewhere between Tennessee and Pennsylvania. And during this Facebook feud over the last year or so, Jamie had been brought into text conversations with Chris about this online harassment that Janelle is going through. And um, 
when when the police look into this, they find that Janelle added a Chris Potter as a brother on Facebook in November of 2011. And his profile includes all these pictures of him with his friends and his dog and all this. And then uh, as soon as she adds him, Chris starts to post threats to the Billies on Facebook and engage in this whole war that they're having. So um, they they find some of this stuff out and then they're they're interviewing Jamie and six hours after his interrogation starts, Jamie tells them that Buddy Potter, Janelle's dad, was the one that killed the Billies. Whoa. And wow. I wasn't expecting that. I wasn't either. <laughs> and what's more, they they managed to like they put a wire on him and managed to get Marvin to admit it on tape. So they arrest Marvin Buddy Potter in February of 2012. Um, and, you know, the wife is all just distraught and beside herself. And she doesn't believe that he confessed to anything. She says when they arrested him, they didn't take his oxygen with them. They didn't take his meds with them. So anything he said would have been, you know, done in a bad state of mind. Like he wouldn't have been mm-hmm. all himself. So she couldn't believe it. Um but Marvin tells police that he is tired of his daughter and his family being threatened and that that was why he, he felt the need to act. So police go and they search the Potter house and inside they find an arsenal, though they don't find the murder weapon, but they find like tons of other shit. They find all these printed photos of Billie Jean Hayworth and off the internet and they find like a bags and bags of shredded documents in Marvin's truck. So the agents take out the, sh- the bags and start kind of reconstructing these documents, taping them together. And the documents and en- end up being like printed copies of thousands of emails from Chris that say they're from Chris. And um, it turns out he had started emailing and talking to Barbara and Marvin at around the same time he started texting Jamie about all this harassment stuff. And he says in the emails that he's been watching the whole situation, uh, you know, come up online and something needs to be done. So like the emails that they find are just riddled with these weird speech patterns and stupid misspellings and just, you know, CIA operative, like you're kind of, uh, but, um, Chris in these emails tells Barbara that he has dirt on all these people that are attacking Janelle and that um, he will help get the comments taken down off the site. This is kind of the beginning of their email exchange. And you can tell from her responses, like she, you know, she had reached out to police. She wanted to do something. And so, you know, finally somebody's offering to help her. So she's relieved and she wants to give him the responsibility of doing this. She's very grateful. Um, But then he continues to reach out to her and he does man i mean she apparently she believes he did manage to get a couple of the comments taken down but then they just always pop back up again and so he continues to reach out to her just to egg her on like you can you can tell he's just there to make her mad and to remind her how awful this is and she emails one time back to him giving she says i give you permission to shoot any of them to chris and um talks about how angry her husband is. Chris keeps on saying, I wish I could kill them, but I can't right now. I mean, all this in emails back Whose husband? Forth. Hold on. Hmm? Whose husband's angry? Oh, um, Barbara's. Okay. Janelle's dad. Buddy. 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 Okay. Yeah. Buddy's angry. So Chris also starts looping Janelle's mom, Barbara, and Jamie, her boyfriend, in together into the same conversations. Barbara still doesn't know that Jamie's dating Janelle. But... Um, but she does kind of start to see him as an ally in all this. And because of Chris, 
they they start kind of working together to talk about ways that they can fix it. Um, at one point, Barbara even asks Chris to ask the CIA if they will back up Buddy if he decides to take all this into his own hands. And Buddy used to work, quote unquote, for supposedly, the CIA? Supposedly. He's mm-hmm. definitely a former Marine. Okay. But the, the, the CIA affiliation was like, a couple news stories said it, and most of them, I'm like, this doesn't seem possible right mm-hmm. but um so um chris says sure the cia will have your back if you decide to do something about this on your own and um this is why jamie asked the sheriff if the cia was there because he's expecting that this dude is going to come like his white knight and say you know yes i i knew about this all along and this is completely understandable i don't well, know yeah who, like who we get into internet way. bullying and really the cia I know. so so Important. over the course of I know so over the course of the rest of the investigation, police determine that on January 30th, the night before um, or the day before the Billies are murdered, Jamie is at the Potters working on their computer, and Buddy goes into the room when nobody else is in there and asks Jamie to drive him to the home of the Billies. When it's it's basically like I will call you when I need you, and you have to be available for me. Can you do this for me? And he oh says, you know, you'll have to drive me to their house and then you will have to wait until I come out and then you'll have to drive me back home. So um, the Janelle is actually implicated too because after they have this conversation and Jamie goes home, Janelle texts Jamie and says, I wouldn't take your cell phone with you and my dad and you go on your little drive. Um, so Buddy messages Jamie early in the morning on January 31st. The two go to a parking lot near the house. They wait for Billy's dad to leave because the the, the couple lives with um, Billy's parents and he leaves for work and then they go and then they plan to go in and Buddy hands Jamie a gun and Jamie says, I, I'm not going to shoot anybody. So he leaves him standing at the door and then goes in, two gunshots, comes back out and they drive home and Jamie just throws up because he realizes what just mm. happened. And so the police, you know, have taken the Potter's home computer for investigation. And when they analyze it, they find out that all of those emails that were sent to Barbara from Chris came from the same IP address, which is the Potter's house. <laughs> yeah. Shocker. Duh, right. But which one? The dad or it's the dad? Janelle. Right? Janelle. It is her. Janelle had pretended to be Chris, the CIA agent, this entire time. One report even said, the BuzzFeed report said, she did not even create a new email account for Chris. She sent all those emails that were supposed to be from Chris from her own goddamn email address. And she told everyone that because Chris is with the CIA, he didn't trust the internet and he didn't trust phones. And so he didn't have his own email address. So all of his correspondence was going to come from her. And so they they said that they could tell when it was him because it would start with like, hey, dude, or hey, fella. And they just it was, oh, that's the guy. So that's obviously Chris writing from Janelle's what? email account. How, How is this even? People? I know. Yeah. This is why it's so ridiculous. So wait, I have one question. Are they still in their 20s? Like you just kind of fast forwarded. Is she 24 still or is she like in her 30s now? Like when she you was said they 24 moved. 24 when they moved. And I said that was 2004, right? So yeah. So, so she, now she's 30. 
two. She's still just dating the guy. They don't know. It's been eight years. Well, and she didn't start oh. dating him as soon as she got there. Okay, I'm not okay. sure when she started okay, hanging I'm out, but it has been a while. Well, the, the, also the baby thing. I didn't think the baby would still be a like, holding your arms baby, but I guess no, I they think, had just I had the baby. I think the whole okay. argument happened over the course of about a year prior oh, okay. to the murder. So I think gotcha. most of the Facebook shit that went down, I think all of that happened like in 2011. Yeah, so an almost 30-year-old woman who's yeah. still living with her parents who are fucking clueless why a guy keeps coming over. Oh my God. I, mean, I know. These people... Okay. And she and here's the thing. I mean, it just it just gets dumber and dumber because the Chris Potter Facebook ac account that she connected to, like in 2011, in November of 2011, it listed the same birthday, birth year and birth hospital as Janelle's. And her mom even Facebook messaged Chris one day saying, oh, my God, I can't believe that you were born within a minute of my daughter at the same year at the same hospital. She just did not get it. And there were pictures of this. So this Chris guy was actually a guy named Chris that Janelle had not. Okay, let me say that again. The pictures of the Chris guy that were on this Facebook account were pictures she had stolen from another Chris that she knew in high school and hadn't talked to in, you know, 15 years. She just found them on that Chris's account and put them on this Chris's account and created a whole new person, as we all knew she had. But and then she spent a year messaging her parents to constantly goad them into killing the people who were Facebook bullying her. And so in 2013, in August, Barbara and Janelle were arrested for the murders, which it seems like it took a long time. Like the investigation Barbara into and this, Janelle the are... mother and the daughter were both arrested okay. because they called them both the masterminds of the entire thing. And um, Marvin was found guilty. The dad was found guilty because he was the one who pulled the trigger. Right. Um, he was given two life sentences. Janelle and Barbara were found guilty of first degree murder and sentenced to life. Mm -hmm. um, both still said that they were innocent, but all of the, I mean, like, there's just no way. I mean, just all of this correspondence. Yeah. And then Jamie, Jamie got a plea and was sentenced to 25 years. Um, oh. But Oh my, I was just like, this is the most ridiculous thing I've ever, just the idea that this many people would, I mean, fall. Jamie's no not a very good computer it. guy either. Right? <laughs> I mean, if you realize? can't figure that out, like any basic, <laughs> I could do some better Facebook I know. Um, investigation than that. I and have done I was, way more stalking investigation <laughs> I was trying to figure out who's doing what i know than this computer guy Quite i was reading gosh. all this stuff and i actually felt you a couldn't little tell bad the same for jamie yeah. i felt bad for I jamie bad when for i read jamie. it because i was like it because he it, it made it pretty clear in every in all the different things that i read it sounded very likely that he genuinely had no idea that this was that this wasn't genuine you know right. he just didn't know and i'm like I mean, with Barbara, I have less sympathy because she just started saying, like, I'm going to shoot these people. I mean, like, yeah. she, she wanted I them give dead. You permission. That's why she got arrested and, and charged, you know? She right. was just like, she wanted them. She basically called a hit on them and then sent her husband in to do the hit. So, yeah, it's Damn. just crazy shit, right? Yeah. But And I tried to find out if anybody had ever done, like, a... a read you know looked at the story again and said whatever happened to the baby um 
you know because he lost both his parents in right. this ridiculous i mean ridiculous yeah uh asinine thing mm. but i couldn't i couldn't find anything i'm sure he'd much rather not people know him for that so yeah well but oh my god it's like crazy uh, shit right it is some crazy shit sometimes i, I forget that is like how stupid people really are oh my god i know <laughs> It's terrible. Until something like this comes up. And I'm just like, oh. They sent it from her email, her own email address oh and nobody God. ever figured out that it was oh, her. It's already fucked up. I mean, her parents already kind of fucking ruined her anyway. Yeah, probably. Um, my mom would have figured that shit out and she could oh, barely yeah. figure out her smartphone. She mm. would have known that. <laughs> well, right, like, first of she all. She knew me. She would be like, like she this doesn't seem right, her Courtney. Children. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to get rid of all your computers and yeah, your cell phone. So that's and we'll the first thing parents would have done be like you shut down your account Mm -hmm. you shut down your contact and you go live your life and fuck them Mm -hmm. but you know we're i mean we none of us would have been living at our parents house without a job likely at 24 i mean i mean maybe she was maybe maybe she really did have debilitating you know diabetes I, I know a lot of people who have diabetes that live normal lives and if they're otherwise yeah. healthy i don't know if there were mental issues or what well, else? it sounds like there may have been mental well, issues yeah, in the whole diagnosed family. or not yeah yeah mm-hmm. it's crazy shit it's was crazy. she the she only child older. wait didn't you no, say there was another they, child they said that there was a sister and there was only one article oh she like got the, the fuck out of there because that, yeah that was yeah. estranged and hadn't talked to the family in forever and only remembered janelle as a younger person so oh. it sounded like she maybe had never had contact with them since. And maybe she was the wisest person in the entire right. like clan. It. Oh my God. I've read something on Facebook. Speaking of Facebook, I read something on Facebook um, in one of the groups um, um, that they said it, it was one of the unfundamentalists. You know, I, I talked about that past podcast about this group mm-hmm. uh, of people trying to get away from their fundamentalist uh, community. Mm-hmm. And um, they were talking about, they're like, anytime that I see any children that are separated, like that are, uh, what did you call it? Separating from the children, like detached, I mean, from their parents. Estranged. Deta- estranged. Thank oh, you. Yeah. Estranged yeah. from their parents. They're like, I always blame the parents. They're mm-hmm. like, there's always something wrong with the parents. If your child is estranged from you or chooses mm-hmm. to be estranged from you, there's something fucked up going on. I'm mm. like, you know what? This story proves it. <laughs> this story does. Real. My gosh. So there's your ridiculous murder. There's your ridiculous today. murder. I gave you get you what you asked what for, you fans. <laughs> That's okay. I I I managed uh, that. That worked a lot better for me than the other two things that I was trying to do today. <laughs> that was awesome. That was good. <laughs> all right well, thank y'all shall we, so uh, much yes thank you and we um, love you guys happy new year happy, and new, happy year. new years and we shall continue the ridiculousness in the after talk oh absolutely and hopefully see y'all again next week bye bye, bye.
We just need to become a meme as my kids. Coco's convinced that all you have to do to find success in life is to become a meme. And then you're going to make millions of dollars on YouTube. You can make all this money. I'm like, oh, God, you know nothing. (laughs) You know nothing, nothing, Jon Snow. (laughs)